Aaron McKeown's Facts of Life Guitar slash chants for sale. Instruments come and go. Shoulders stoop below need the weight of beer cases As it grows late in the alley away college like state And the boy who grow old now so young and so bold Freely gets drunk of the cold Sitting on top of the golden world That pink elephant emerges With a smile and a twirl Oh, to open the bottles of time Is it the life in your veins today Will be frozen away tomorrow Through white lips, blue dress, caresses, Italian hips As the sedan rolls by road upon its trip Sticky front things never clean Left the skirt of a black-haired queen Chasing, chasing TV and dreams so Sitting on top of the golden world A pink elephant emerges With a smile and a twirl Oh, to open the bottles of time Set the cheapness of today We'll be married away tomorrow As colder grow the days And richer grow the means and ends of ways Tucked away cars and children sleep Contentment slowly creeps and lulls The happy, happy sheep Sit sitting on top of the golden world That pink elephant emerges With a smile and a twirl Oh, to open the bottles of time He said the satisfaction of today Will take your side away tomorrow Today's audio is The Pink Elephant, which I wrote in 1995. One night, rummaging through my parents' junk drawer, I happened upon a strange bottle opener. It was made of brass covered in chipped red paint and cast in the shape of a jaunty elephant sitting on a ball. The ball had a banner around it that said Pink Elephant. The elephant itself looked incredibly happy to be where it was. As a teenager, I was thrilled by this oddly whimsical object in a house where mirth was in short supply. What an artifact. What a find. Naturally, I imagined all the places the pink elephant had been, what it had seen in the hands of family members, on the way to its current resting place in a junk drawer in small-town Virginia in the 90s. Thus, the song was born, and, along with the story of the bottle opener, was a staple of my earliest concerts. Of course, just now, in two seconds of Googling, I found the exact bottle opener on eBay. Not odd or unique at all, as it turns out. But we didn't have Google then. And if we did, I wouldn't have this song. My first winter home from college, I took the guitar over to a friend's house, and in their bedroom recorded what became my debut self-titled six-song cassette, with the pink elephant included. The guitar I played on those first recordings was my pride and joy, my main guitar for many years, a Gibson Chet Atkins SST. 
A few years earlier in high school, I was looking for an acoustic guitar that could be plugged in. I was starting to play gigs and my actual acoustic guitar was unwieldy and more importantly, didn't have a pickup. I went to my local music store to see what was around, and there I encountered one of our local heroes, a musician named Sean Michael Dargan. Sean was what I wanted to be, a working, performing songwriter. He ran the open mic I had started playing in 10th grade. His songs were catchy and warm and clear, and he was very welcoming and nice to me, a beginning performer and a pipsqueak who wanted to hang with the big guys. I was lucky to be growing up in Fredericksburg, Virginia in the late 90s. In general, Virginia in the 90s was a great place to be a clever songwriter and killer acoustic guitar player. We were at the nexus of college coffeehouse culture and southern jam bands. Sean was the first example of this mixture I met. But then my mom's garden club friend's son came back to Fredericksburg and started playing around, Keller Williams. And my camp counselors told me about a guy they'd seen performing around Charlottesville bars, Dave Matthews. Sean, Keller, and Dave all played the same model guitar, a Gibson Chet Atkins SST. A strange hybrid of an instrument, it was solid and with a silhouette like a Les Paul, thin like a Telecaster, but sounded completely acoustic when plugged in. That day in the music store, when I ran into Sean, it turned out he was looking for someone to buy his SST. Did I want it? Did I ever. I don't remember what I paid for it, but I know I paid for it with my own dough. I had a job framing pictures and selling art supplies, and I had done a few gigs already and saved up some money. For the next 15 years, the SST, or the Chet, as I called it, became my main stage guitar. If you've been a fan long enough, you definitely saw and heard it in action. Hey, y'all. Popping in here with what I hope will be a quick set of announcements and news. I leave this week on tour with my dear friends. Welcome to Night Vale. We are playing all through the American South, so come see a show. Next, last week I released a new single, Summer School. It's an excerpt from a work-in-progress staged musical memoir of my Virginia childhood. You'll recognize it from an earlier version that was featured on the November 22nd, 2022 episode. But the new version is better. And finally, there's a production of Miss You Like Hell currently running in Seattle and a production about to open in Tempe, Arizona at Arizona State University, which I'll be visiting in November. For dates and tickets, please check out my tour page or the links below. As always, rate, review, subscribe, and please tell a friend about the facts of life. Thanks for listening, y'all. Back to the episode. All my guitars have come into my life the way that Chet did. A moment of chance and like a bolt of lightning. When you know, you know. It's always been like going to a crowded dance and locking eyes immediately with the one person there you should meet. I have never gone out looking for a specific instrument. I've merely encountered them at the right time and right circumstances. This happenstance is so beautiful precisely because it is so surprising and consequential. An instrument shapes a style, influences where you go as an artist. What sounds good on that instrument becomes what sounds good to you as a writer. You create in order to bring out the best in the piece of wood you are holding. 
your future sound is out there waiting for you to find it. So the Chet shaped my early style. Percussive, bass-heavy, a controlled, clear tone that sung on the top and thumped on the bottom. As much a drum as a guitar. You can hear it in the songs I wrote for that cassette and in the songs I wrote for my debut album, Distillation. And the Chet wasn't just great to write on. It was a monster on stage. You could plug it into anything, an amp or a PA of any size, and it immediately sounded huge. For someone who is not huge, physically or recognition-wise, it was a great shortcut to immediately get noticed. That chat traveled with me everywhere, on my first trip to the West Coast, where I got around by Greyhound bus, to Ireland, England, Italy, and most of Europe. Along the way, I customized it little by little. I colored in the sound hole logo. I put a sticker on the back that said, This machine kills fascists. I marked my favorite tone and volume settings on the top. I replaced the regular guitar frets with extra thick fret wire to allow me to detune down to sick bass notes. And then, a new guitar came into my life. A cool green electric hollow body. A totally different animal. And I played that one for years. Until just after my grandfather died, when yet another guitar came into my life. This one completely acoustic and tiny and silver. And on and on. These days, my main instruments are small and light, because I want to move faster in the world and want to give my shoulders a rest after a generation of abuse. But they all came in the way the Chet did. Over the years, I have also moved as many guitars out of my life as in. Of course, that's primarily the necessity of limited space, but it also doesn't make sense for an instrument to sit in its case and not get played. And it's been over a decade since I have played the Chet. So I've decided it's time to pass the Chet on. I don't feel sad or sentimental about this, and I'm not selling it with any bitterness or cynicism because I need the money or it represents some kind of unfulfilled promise. I just know that my time with it is finished. I'm sure the right person will buy it at the right time. And maybe that person will know its history or what it gave to me. Or maybe not. That's okay. I was lucky to know where the Chet had been before I had it. But I have other instruments whose origins are mysteries to me. There's something kind of beautiful in that too. And yet, whoever gets the Chet will see that it's had a great life up till now. It's been played and it has traveled and it is still humming along ready to thump and sing for the next pair of hands that find it. If you're interested in bringing the chat into your life or someone you know, the link to the listing is on my substack. Half-lit by candle, the room glows. A virgin head she dimly shows. Fears to allay future songs to compose. Set a passion, beats a heat, and a course nearly complete till the boy a hasty retreat Sitting on top of the golden world That pink elephant emerges With a smile and a twirl Or to open the bottles of time He said the lifeline of today Will soon to fray away tomorrow Alright y'all, that's it. That's the audio for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and see y'all next time.